The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Welcome back to The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel, and I'm here as always with Mike. And uh, we're going to spend some time discussing the Revolution pay-per-view and also talking about the events of this week's Dynamite. Or should I say the Raw after WrestleMania? Because that's kind of what it felt like. <laughs> yeah, man, we got some debuts. We kind of had some story kind of resets here, uh, some new things starting. But yeah, let's let's focus on Revolution first. And Joel, I am back from Florida. I survived. Um, nothing. I, I I love sweatshirt weather. And guess what? Orlando in March is not good for sweatshirt weather. <laughs> that's that's my biggest takeaway from being down there for a few days. Um, I'm pretty sure I lost like five pounds just from sweating the whole time. Um, and shoving eight thousand wrestling fans into a small college arena like this. You're going to have a lot of sweaty, you're going to have a lot of uh, smelly fans. So I love my AEW. Yeah, uh, I have to say, yeah. I, I I don't miss the stank from from <laughs> going to live wrestling events. And like, I, I guess it's inevitable when you pack that many dorks of the male persuasion in one place um, that, that it, there's going to be a bit of a funk going on. But uh, yeah, I don't miss that at all. <laughs> yeah, one of my cousins uh, came with us. First time I had a non-WWE show, I was like, be, pre- be prepared for the smell. And after the show, he's like, you were right. So, all right, Joel, that's enough sweatbands. But let's talk about this pay-per-view itself. Um, for me, being at the event, I think one of the biggest things I took away from the show is that by the time we got to like the eighth or ninth match, that's when I realized, oh, wow, it's already 1030. Like, I felt yeah. like the top of the show was very smooth and it kept the pace going. Um, so I, I figure I always consider that like a, a, a big sign of success because you're not staring at your watch, you know, wondering when the show is going to end. I think the f- crowd did get tired at, at points throughout the show. I think, um, you know, putting Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa immediately after the CM Punk uh, MJF match Um you know, I felt the crowd was a little quiet then, but overall I felt the crowd was pretty into it and the show itself had a pretty good pace. Yeah, I, I agree. It was paced. Well, um, I would like to institute a rule though, um, which I'm going to name the, some of us have jobs rule, um, <laughs> which is that if you're going to have a five hour long show, put it on a fucking Saturday. Some yeah. of us have jobs. <laughs> Yeah, put it on Saturday, start it earlier. Like, I saw a tweet that was like, remember in the pandemic when we, for some reason, had, like, shorter WWE pay-per-views and, like, they started way earlier? Like, I, I definitely missed that. I don't understand the no Saturday. I Wasn't there a uh, UFC fight Saturday night? I'm pretty sure that's why they had to. I just don't see that as competition, though. Like, I, I really don't think the audience crosses over that much. Uh, I mean, I, I we don't think that, but I we ended the tonight's dynamite with UFC fighters, MMA fighters in the ring. So obviously, well, they think there is a cross based off there, of there's what we've a seen draw. Wise. There, there is okay, a draw that's... from those people, and and I agree with that. But I mean, we've talked about the fact I don't watch MMA at all, like zero. I still know who Paige Van Zant is. She's True. a big deal. 
Like mm-hmm. she is a crossover star. There's a difference between being a crossover star and thinking that anyone who paid $50 to watch Revolution uh, would have not paid $50 to watch Revolution if it was on Saturday instead of on Sunday. I I just don't think that's real. I don't think that exists. (laughs) Just like the mythical casual wrestling fan that, you know, we're supposed to be enticing through the way that we present our product. Like, I don't think that person exists. Man, we spent the first five minutes of the pod talking about smelly men (laughs) and how this pay-per-view was on too late. Let's get to some positives here, Joel. What was kind of... I'm not done being an old man yelling at the sky, okay? (laughs) So Joel, well, let, let's let's focus here. Um, in your who won the uh, who? I think we tied, right? Because neither of us won the ladder match. I had uh, actually. I mean, gracious of you to offer me an out and allow me to lie as the official scorekeeper. But my friend, you won for the first time. I did? You defeated oh, me shit. at Revolution. Yes. How, wh- what, so, how did I win? Like this isn't me uh, being sarcastic. I literally you don't won remember based who I off the pre-show. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it came down to chris statlander and layla hirsch so Man. uh yeah that was uh that was the deciding factor there we we each picked a singles match on the main card differently we split those and uh the only other difference in our selections was that layla hirsch chris statlander match and when layla hirsch won it i was like fuck i'm gonna lose but <laughs> nice to yeah. know early in the night that you're gonna lose like yeah so then i can stop <laughs> caring about it and paying attention yeah yeah so. yeah but so joe what was your what was your match of the night if you had to go through this card and pick what match was your favorite not necessarily like you know Man. doesn't have to necessarily be like the best match but what was your favorite match from revolution i, I mean that's really tough because they were good for a lot of different reasons but i think i'm gonna have to go with the uh the tag team championship match uh, I, I, this was a near flawless display. Uh, you had good storytelling, you had incredible spots and the right team won, you know, it wasn't the right time for red dragon. We don't need to see the bucks with the belts again already. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this set up a lot of things moving forward. So I like the direction this is going in tied into some stuff that we're going to talk about a little bit later on yep. in recapping dynamite. And I just thought it was absolutely tremendous. I don't think it was the best match of the weekend, though. Um, I, I think the best match of the weekend was actually on Rampage. But, you know, <laughs> that's that's digging a little deep. We have too much to cover yeah. anyway. But if you didn't watch Rampage, you must go back and watch the triple threat for the TNT Championship. Because, my goodness, this match was <laughs> sensational. Well, what I liked about this tag team match is that when we kind of talked about it last week, would it be a you know, tornado, uh, triple threat or were to be how they kind of do, you know, two teams at once you can tag in at any time. I thought the way that the story was presented with red dragon and the young bucks, basically teaming up on, uh, jungle boy and, and God damn, I can, I can never remember. Luchasaurus, Luchasaurus, Jurassic Saurus, um, Luchasaurus. Um, I feel like this, this style of match really worked with that type of story. Um, because the whole match was, when are the Bucks and Red Dragon going to start fighting? Who's going to get pissed and throw the first punch? And then once that first punch was thrown, the match started. The match really started. And it went, uh, it was really entertaining. Um, Jungle Boy is, there's not enough words to describe how good Jungle Boy is. I really like that kind of, um, was it torture, uh, torture chair, whatever it's called, where, you know, 
they like flip them off of uh uh luchasaurus's shoulder yes doomsday device but with like the kind of how they do it i really like how they've started using that more Mm -hmm. whipping that out that's a really cool looking spot and luchasaurus is so goddamn big that it just looks like such a fall so but yeah this this was great um joel my my favorite match of the night um i I think i'm gonna go with the 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 world championship match the main event i really enjoyed this match between Mm -hmm. hangman page and adam cole really good um i think it just really highlighted at what they're both good at um i i could see this two, three, four more times. I don't think we'd be bored. I think they would whip out something new. And, you know, it was interesting once Red Dragon came out, you know, I was expecting the Bucks or some other uh, elite adjacent members to come out and, and and no one did. And when you tie that into tonight with the Bucks saying, hey, if it's Hangman Page, we're not involved. Um, I think there's some really cool stuff on the horizon uh, with, with these groups and with the champ. Yeah, I really enjoy, um, and I, I know this is getting into dynamite a little bit, but I really enjoy this kind of ninth grade Adam Cole. Like, <laughs> they're my friends, not your friends. And it it cracks me up. And the way that he's like, well, I wasn't talking about you anyway. I was talking about Red Dragon. Yeah. And this, you know, petulant <laughs> child routine, this angsty teenager. And uh, I'm really digging it. So, uh but yeah, the, the, his his work in the main event was spectacular, um, and I, I'm really glad to see that Adam Page got another successful title defense. Uh, I, I like measuring reigns in terms of successful title defenses mm-hmm. as opposed to the raw amount of time that you've held a belt. Yeah. Uh, and it's nice to see that, you know, Page is racking them up, and this was another great match, really good finish, and, uh, you know, I can't ask for much more from, uh, you know, my champion than to <laughs> uh, defend the belt on the pay-per-view and then turn around and defend it again on Dynamite. So uh, yeah, really I, good I, stuff I, from Adam Page. I'm really enjoying his championship reign. I think they're doing a really good job of kind of, you know, mixing and matching who he's matched up with, um, really showcasing his, you know, ability. And, and you know, we're going to dip our toes into Dynamite a little bit here, but his match with Dante Martin tonight, you know, he hasn't really faced someone who does the flippity doos quite like that. And he really had to keep his cardio up in this match because Dante Martin's going to make you work. And uh, Hangman Page is one of those wrestlers who can really dip it, dip his toes and wrestle in every style there is. He can go slow, he can go technical, he can go, you know, you know, uh, brawl, whatever this was tonight. So, yeah, I- I'm very happy with the Hangman Page uh, title reign so far. Um, he's, Joel, your, was... he's your Mario in Mario Kart, right? Like <laughs> yep. he's he's the straight down the middle. You know, you can play any style and, you know, it's just about how you customize your cart, you know, and, and y- mm-hmm. you, you wheel it out with different gear and Hangman Page can get it done in any of those different ways. So yeah. <laughs> that might be the nerdiest thing I've heard on this pod. And we've dipped into some really uh, weird things on this uh, on this podcast. So been playing but, Mario uh... Kart lately. <laughs> It's a great game. We're going to have, what, 40 new tracks or something like that popping yeah, up here like over that. the next something few years. Like so, um, but so Joel, let's uh, let's move on here. What I want to kind of focus on individual spots, and I'm going to start this one. Uh, did not expect to see 62-year-old Sting leaping from the balcony. <laughs> and I know they yeah. set up multiple tables high into the air, and unfortunately, it was like the exact opposite. Like, I couldn't see it. Um 
live. I had to look up at the screen. So when I rewatched that clip today, he's pretty high up. And I know they stacked multiple tables to hopefully slow his momentum. But guess what? He's like a 200-pound man. He's going to fly through those tables and just props to Sting. Like, I really liked when they said, you know, you know, Darby's like, he's taught me a lot. And it's just really interesting. Sting's like, yeah, he taught me something, too. Um, just props to the old man. What a cool moment. And uh, that match had no business being that entertaining. Yeah, yeah, for real. I mean, it was a match with no stakes at all whatsoever. Uh, the match that we cared about had already happened on Rampage. And like the only reason this match was happening was to get Sting on the pay-per-view. Uh, but damn it if they didn't pay it off. And uh, <laughs> I agree. That was that was one of my, my favorite spots of the night. Um, my actual favorite spot, though... Um, it was very simple. It was when dad showed up and slapped the shit out of the boys for not playing nice. <laughs> Is that a after, spot? <laughs> at the conclusion, at the conclusion of the uh, John Moxley and Brian Danielson match. And when R- William Regal slaps you, it's a spot. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I agree. And I'll say that moment in the crowd, it took the crowd a second to realize who that was. But holy shit. Once we realized too, that William Regal's in the ring, the place went fucking wild. Like, what a cool moment. So I, I not really a spot, I'll, but I'll, you, you convinced me. But yeah. So, Joe, what do you well, think? Y- you stole this... the one I was going to say. So, Oh, did I? I oh, yeah. Yeah, to... I had to, had to come up with something quick <laughs> on the fly. Well, there were a couple great spots on this card. You could have gone with the Spanish fly off the stage, um, which was scary as hell. I almost picked the Orange Cassidy spot in the ladder match where the two hostages yeah, the one were where holding. he injured his arm? No, 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 no. That's when he got flung out of the ring. I'm talking about where the two oh, hostages he got lifted up the ladder. Oh, when he got up on top of the ladder. Yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, and he, like, skinned the cat, got up there, and, like, barely missed the brass ring. So, um, yeah, there were, there were a lot of good spots on this card. I'm sorry I stole yours. Um, but, yeah, the, the William Regal debut was something. <laughs> Just what an asset. Like, not only is he, because he's going to be an on-screen character, you just have to like the positive he can do behind the scenes. Like this might be one of their most significant hires of the last year. Yeah, I think so. I I think it really is. And that's saying something because there have been a lot of big names to come in, but I mean, he said it on the broadcast tonight, once again, dipping into dynamite a little bit here, but like, if you're willing to put in the work in, he will make you a better professional wrestler. And I, I think that's 100% true. Um, also, I think he can probably still go. Oh, I like I guarantee he could still go. If we can yeah, have I, mean, I know it's been it's been nine <laughs> years since he's wrestled an official match. Uh the last time he wrestled was against uh Cesaro in 2013. Um but yeah, I, I mean it, it's friggin' William Regal. Of of course he can still go. Um I remember he had a really, really cool, really technical match against Chris Hero in NXT back in the early, early days of that brand. Like, I think predating the NXT championship. Like Um, right after it went from FCW to NXT. Yeah, yeah. And of course, Chris Hero was Cassius Ono at the time. And uh, but but yeah, I mean, it was a really cool like very highly technical match. So um, I would love to see him get in the ring and mix it up with someone like uh, Daniel Garcia 
or Lee Moriarty, any mm. of the young super technical wrestlers, because it sets up this paradigm of like, okay, they're younger, they're faster, they're probably, you know, a little bit of that, you know, youthful energy going on. But this is the wily veteran. He has size on almost everyone in the company. Yeah. Uh, and he's, you know, got technique out the wazoo from his, what did he say? 39 years as a professional wrestler. Something like that. And do the math. That means he started when he was 14, which <laughs> that is how that works in the UK. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I thought he was older than 53. Yeah, for like when sure. He, when he when he said that to him, I'm like, no fucking way. Like, like, yeah, I I, I 100% he could still st- still uh give it a go in the ring. So one well, little before- wrinkle, he was initially listed on the AEW roster as a coach, and that was changed today. He was changed <laughs> from a coach to being an a uh, active competitor on their roster. So. You know, maybe a, a harbinger of things to come. I just really want to see Regal <laughs> wrestling matches. Yeah. Give him that. This is our first trios champion, Joel. We always thought it would be the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. <laughs> no, no, it's it's William Regal, <laughs> Brian Danielson, and John Moxley. Um, so, Joel, we gave ourselves a self-imposed timeline, but we did dick around for five minutes. So, I'm going to allow us to go a little longer. Why well, don't we do a very quick lightning round, revolution specific? You go first. Oh my goodness. Um, I really, really enjoyed the psychology and the finish of the MJF and CM Punk match. Uh, Everybody knows I'm a huge fan of Wardlow and I really liked the way he came out and pretended like he couldn't find the ring and just made a big show of screwing over MJF and, you know, declaring himself independent and um i thought this was a really cool spot i liked the way uh it kind of resolved this match that had been a you know brutal and violent affair Mm -hmm. between mjf and cm punk it was nice that mjf's undoing poetically was the implement that he had been using to win all of his matches up to that point so uh really good stuff there that was possibly my favorite moment of the night yeah, that was a big moment. And that match, I really enjoyed it live. I, f- I think that type of match is one that comes better off on TV where you can see the kind of impact of the violence. You know, when you're 30 rows back, you know, yeah, you can tell CM Punk's bleeding, but it's just all red. You know, you can't you can't tell, you know, what he looks like, his facial features, stuff like that. It was so, a gusher. I mean, yeah. Yeah, he he was (laughs) full on crimson mask and it was like instant. It was like the microwave crimson mask. Yeah, so this is this is a match I'm looking forward to watching uh, during my rewatch. But um, something I wanted to talk about, I I didn't like the positioning of the two women's matches on the made card. Jade Cargill and Tay Conti immediately followed the tag team title match and the face of the revolution ladder match. So just two super intense, you know, high energy matches. Um, you know, they didn't get a lot of time either in the TBS title match. And then the, the women's championship match came after that dog collar match where we were all exhausted. The dog collar match was the longest match on the card, you know, by a minute, but still the longest match on the card. And I just kind of wish the card may have been set up a little differently. Maybe not so much for the TBS, but 
I feel like the women's championship match should have had a more, you know, more of a moment, you know, more of more of a chunk. And it makes sense now that we know that they're going to meet again next week. Mm-hmm. And that's probably going to be the main event of St. Patty's Day smash or whatever it is. So it makes sense now. But in the moment, I felt I was disappointed with how that match went and kind of how the crowd was reacting to it. Yeah, my reaction in real time was that Britt and Rosa got done dirty uh, by putting them immediately after that uh, dog collar match. I I don't feel the same way about the TBS title match, partially because like, and I know I'm a a total mark for Jade Cargill, but I think her star power Mm -hmm. is such that it doesn't matter where you put her. Like, Mm -hmm. especially coming out in the Mortal Kombat gear, and you know, slapping a big one on a uh, Ty, Con- Ty Conti. <laughs> I mean, there was enough in that match uh, to keep your attention and make sure that the energy mm-hmm. stayed up. I didn't, and you know, my experience of watching on TV is that there wasn't like an emotional dip from the crowd during that match. The crowd was hot for that match, and the the dip was pronounced, and you could feel it. Uh, mm-hmm. when the AEW Women's Championship match went on. And I think it was definitely due to the positioning on the card. And as we know, you know, the crowd being into it enhances the yeah, perceived importance yeah. of, of the match. And so I, I do think that was a detriment. So anything else from the pay-per-view draw? I got one last thing I want to talk about, but I want to make sure you're all... I, I got one also, and, and it might be the same thing. Who knows? Uh, I absolutely loved Jericho tapping out to mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston getting the win, finally winning the big one, going over. And then the you know post-match of Jericho refusing to shake Kingston's hand and how that all went down. And uh, I just, I really, really dug it. I like that they put over this stretch plum and made it look painful. Yes. Like really wrenching on that arm. And uh, props to both guys. This was a really fun match. Mm -hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed it in a way I did not really expect to enjoy a Jericho match. Not that I didn't think it was going to be a good match, but I didn't think this is the match we were going to get. And, uh, yeah, once again, proven wrong. Um, yeah. And uh, really, I, really great stuff. I, I you know, I, I was excited to see Kingston, but, you know, I didn't have a lot of expectations for this. So this is one of those matches that way exceeded expectations. I was I was like, they're starting the main card with this? Really? Uh, but it, it delivered, you know? I think this might have been one of Jericho's best matches since his, uh, you know, um, Labors of Jericho story last summer. Um, yeah, great stuff. Joel, that was not what the last thing I wanted to talk about, but I want to say like in the arena for the first couple, like let's go Adam, Adam sucks chance in the main event. Um, I was laughing. I was, I was, they got some chuckles out of me. Like the sign, like if Adam wins, we riot. Um, I, I also feel like once the match really got like intense, those chants stopped and people were legit saying, okay, let's go hangman, Let's go Cole. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like that's like the, one of the few times where like the crowd was trying to be funny and I actually was like, okay, this is actually funny. Like, I don't know if you, how it came off on TV, but in the crowd, like it was a legitimately good time for like the first three to five minutes of that match with all the chance going on. So here's my take on that. I think it works because of the way this feud has been presented because they acknowledge that 
mm-hmm. in their promos, you know, talking about who's the better Adam. It sets people up for those jokes. Uh, and in a way that if they had ignored in the run up to the pay-per-view that both guys are named Adam, it would have felt like everyone was making the obvious joke in mm-hmm. the crowd. Whereas because they acknowledged that, because they incorporated it into their promos, it felt like, okay, we're all in this together. And it's like the difference between laughing at something and laughing with something. And so, yeah, I mean, it worked for me. I was glad to your point that they went away from that and started actually cheering for, you know, either Cole or Paige. Yeah. And uh, it, it, I think it enhanced the match. I think it was a good thing. Net positive. Yeah. yeah so, all right, Joel, let's, let's move on to our dynamite uh, lightning round. So here's the drop. <laughs> Oh, no. off really slow. It is. Why did the intro template work? And this one's going to be a dick. <laughs> you know, it's probably appropriate because when do we actually do a lightning round? That is more our speed when it comes to lightning yeah. round. I, I will kick things off here. Um, and we, we talked about Regal, so we don't need to talk about that anymore. Um, we kind of touched on the Wardlow stuff, so I don't think we need to talk about that. Um, I want to talk about the Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, (laughs) And and the main takeaway from this for me is Santana and Ortiz are free. They are free. They are out from under Jericho's thumb. And now 2.0 and Daniel Garcia are with Hager and Jericho. And this makes sense to me. I don't know why it makes sense to me, but this makes sense to me and I'm good with it. And I am looking forward to hijinks and shenanigans from the Jericho Appreciation Society. So I hate the name <laughs> and they're not really free of Jericho yet because I they have to bad feud the with Jericho is. now. Maybe that's the point. I, I saw a Twitter account, AW Out of Context, that said the name Inner Circle 2.0 was right there. Mm-hmm. right there um but no i i do like this pairing i don't really want to see jericho as a, a, a leader of a heel faction because we've already seen this you know we had two what a year and a half of them as a dominant heel faction um so i i I don't know. It feels like more of the same, but I do like the combination of people in this. Honestly, Hager kick him. Like, I don't need Hager in this group anymore. Like, but Jericho with 2.0 and Danny Garcia is a really interesting combination. And maybe this will be kind of a loose affiliation, or maybe it's just a temporary thing to get through Eddie Kingston and Santana. Um, But man, they telegraphed this heel turn a mile away. And Jericho's kind of been the heel anyways, but Jericho was being too fucking nice. And like the whole, yeah, we good with Santana Ortiz last week. Like no one bought that. So um, yeah, I I'm looking forward to seeing how, you know, what Santana and Ortiz can do because of this and the violence they will want to inflict on Jericho and 2.0 and Daniel Garcia. But yeah. So, well, something I want to talk about Joel, um, you know who should take the title off of Hangman Page? It needs to be nope, Dante. Nobody. Martin. Nobody. Dante Martin. Right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Dante Martin. Um, what a random title match, but how fun was this? It was short. Um, I but side note, I love the fact they said, Oh, we're adding another match because the championship didn't go the distance. Like that was just a cool, like, hey, acknowledgement. 
Like yeah, kayfabe you know, isn't dead, people. Yeah, kayfabe isn't dead. Um, but this match was really fun. It was really fast paced. Hangman kind of, you know, wasn't the fastest person in this match. You know, we had to deal with some speed we haven't had to see him uh, go through before. And just the sequence at the end that let all the counters and and jumps that led to the final um, buckshot lariat. It was perfection, perfection. Agreed. Agreed. I don't think I need to say anything more about Adam Page. I think I've done enough. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, let's talk about my dude, Swerve. Uh, I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed his little mini promo with uh, Tony Nese. He's just so smooth. And I... He's cool. He's just cool. He is. He's so cool. He has such such a high coolness factor. If there was a coolness stat... He would be maxed out. 99 coolness. And, and, and uh, the Swerve's house in the arena mm-hmm. on Sunday was loud. Like, oh, you can tell. That came loud. through. Yeah. That came through. Fans were uh, excited to see Swerve. People love Swerve. I love Swerve. I'm excited for Swerve. And uh, I'm excited. <laughs> I think it's going to be a really good match on Friday. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's nice seeing Tony Nese on TV. You know, <laughs> like they had that whole like, oh, the one of the hottest free agents in sports. He's been on, you know, the YouTubes. So excited to see him on Rampage. Maybe this can turn into something a little more, you know, maybe a well, little you, mini You feud. get relegated to YouTube until you can develop a personality. So Tony yeah, Nice has some work to put in. Not bad. So, uh, Joel, I want to touch on the worst kept secret in wrestling for the last few months, and that was the debut of Jeff Hardy. Um with the old music, like how cool is that? Like, like I know that came out earlier today that they were looking to get rights to that, and that apparently wasn't owned by WWE. Um, so that was cool. It's nostalgic, you know. I think we're ready to like give us a year, year and a half of you know Matt and Jeff on their final run, and you know I'll be happy. Camp, I'm pretty know- sure that's like stock music from one of those online libraries because I've heard that as a backing track to like everything. Uh, I saw a bunch of people mentioning different <laughs> places that they've heard that I've music heard over the years, like on radio advertisements, on television commercials, uh, the backing tracks of random reality TV shows. Like, <laughs> it's not a specific piece of music that's that's owned by WWE. It's like been used by a million different things. So I can't imagine securing those rights was, was particularly difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Like we could probably get the rights to use that on this podcast fairly easily. <laughs> probably, probably. But you know, I I've always been a Hardy Boys guy, Joel. One of my favorite WrestleMania moments was with you in Orlando when the Hardy Boys came back. Um, so that yeah, was so I, unexpected. That was just wild. Yeah, that was amazing. And I think that's when you were a kayfabe only guy. So like, there had been some rumors, but. I mean, even so, you'd like, have it was to be still... living under a rock to have not heard the rumors. But then they had that <laughs> insane ladder match, uh, ladder war with the Young Bucks yep. and Ring of Honor the night before. And then, yeah. and then everyone was like, yeah, there's no way they're going to show up and do a ladder match <laughs> two nights in a row. Uh, and they did because they're the fucking Hardys and yeah. it's what they do. So, you know, this will be fun. One last ride for the two of them. Uh, and uh, I think it's a good good way to go. I've been a little bit bored with Matt Hardy of late. Um, so hopefully this will be something that can refresh his character a little bit. And, uh, you know, we'll get to see some some fun Hardy boy stuff 
Yeah, and maybe it was because they were in street clothes, but it looked like Matt got has gotten in some you know better shape lately, and Jeff has always been in pretty good shape. So maybe we'll get some you know classics out of them here before they they you know retire, go go to the compound. I really want to see a uh, a broken universe uh, cinematic match with Sting. <laughs> like they kind of had that moment with Darby Allen and Sting in the ring. Like give me that at the next pay per view. I don't even care how you get there, but that would be fun. Um, Joel, you got got something else for me? Yeah, we're we're just over 32 minutes into this podcast, and we're about 31 and a half minutes late to congratulating the new TNT champion, yes. Scorpio Sky, long deserved, finally gets the big one, walking out with a title, and he is now one of only three wrestlers on the AEW roster to have held singles and tag team gold. He's in good company with Kenny Omega and hangman Adam page. Yeah, I'm super excited for this. And with the way Wardlow's promo went tonight and what we should, you know, expect a long story between Wardlow and MJF. I don't, feel like Scorpio's going to drop this next week. I just don't. No, I, feel I, like... I think MJF interferes or members of the Pinnacle interfere and, and you know, keep Wardlow from winning. And then we spin off into the Wardlow MJF verse mm-hmm. for a while. Um, so I'm glad to see Scorpio getting his moment. And, uh, you know, heels tend to hold the belt longer than baby mm-hmm. faces. So, you know, hopefully he gets a nice long run here. He, as of tomorrow, will be undefeated in singles competition for a year. So that's pretty tremendous. And, uh, you know, let's, uh, and let's he, see has some... a, he has a pretty big heel group backing him too. You know, he has Ethan page. You have page Van Zant. who can fuck some shit up all of American top team. Like this is perfectly set up for him to have a nice long championship run. And we call this like the workers belt because it's defended the most often. This guy can work. Like Scorpio Sky is amazing. Like the type of matches we're going to be able to see here over the next few months. Um, it's going to be really exciting. I just hope he doesn't lose it. I would hate for Scorpio Sky's first singles title to be the shortest reign in AEW history. Um, that'd be really that would be incredibly depressing. And yeah. I frankly will not stand for it. So, <laughs> and also once they showed that Sammy was like about to, or had set the record for most title defenses, I'm like, this guy's losing it. like like he got he got broadcast jinxed uh on his way to the ring and that that what that 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 crash through the table like i thought he was legitimately hurt like that looked awful (laughs) like just the way he smacked the ground like i have no doubt that he was legitimately hurt he wasn't legitimately (laughs) injured but he was legitimately hurt there is no way you do that without it legitimately hurting Mm -hmm. and also can i say a a if Paige, Paige Van Sant's first feud is with Ty Conti, I like that way more than with uh, Brandy because of Ty Conti's like legitimate combat experience. Well, that's like, what we talked about before with Paige Van Zant is like Thunder Rosa is a good person for her to face off with because she's actually done MMA. There's interesting things they can do. Anyone who has like an amateur wrestling or, you know, martial arts, jiu-jitsu, judo background, like those are the people who are good introductory feuds for a page fans. Aunt. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have no doubt that she's going to be able to hack it on the mic. Um, she's got a great personality and um, has been doing a lot of self-promotion for years, building her own personal brand. So I, I think 
she's going to be a great addition if she's here for the long term or the short term. Like, doesn't really matter. Honestly, might even be better if it's a short term thing. I mean, my, I have friends up here in Boston who don't watch wrestling who know who Paige Van Zandt is. Like, and like they don't even follow like combat sports that closely. They just know who she is. So, yeah, it, it's 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 a positive for the company. And I think this first storyline with Sammy and was this really like have they acknowledged Sammy and Ty Conti on screen? Uh, they did tonight. Kind of the, uh, I know tonight. I, I don't but know like, that they have prior to that. Okay, so this was kind of the the coming out part. Was it weird that Sammy didn't come out during the beatdown at the beginning of the uh, show? Like, um, I thought it was weird. His absence was weird to me. Well, I mean, the last time we saw him adjacent to the inner circle was when he was like, I can't deal with this. Y'all figure this out. I'm out of here. So he kind of already turned his back on the group and bailed. So, yeah, it didn't even occur to me for, for Sammy to come out during that um that beat down so yeah i guess you're right i don't know i it was one of the things i was like well, okay i guess he's not involved um but yeah um did you bring this topic up or did i bring this topic up? this one was mine mm-hmm. okay um i'm gonna touch on the tag team was this just battle of the belts part two like there was <laughs> there were so many championships on the line tonight this was weird um i'm gonna go with uh jungle boy Luchasaurus versus the acclaimed mainly for uh caster talking about how jungle boy has never seen boobs. And he, <laughs> like we usually like what a childish joke, but like, I actually like chuckled a little bit and talking about how he doesn't have pubes. Like that's so juvenile. <laughs> his, his raps have been consistently entertaining recently. And, uh, I, I am, I enjoyed that. Although I knew they were screwed when he talked about, you know, how Jurassic Express was going to that the people hope that Jurassic Express goes down like gas prices. And it's like, well, well, buddy, gas prices aren't going down anytime soon. So (laughs) neither is Jurassic Express if they are tied to that. Yep. Yep. Well, that's the last thing that I think I needed to touch on. Uh, Well, I got one more thing. Do you have anything else? Go ahead, man. So I know we talked about Wardlow a lot, but for, okay, this was his first like promo that promo, involved him yeah. saying, saying more than a few words, a couple of things. One, his voice just did not sound like what I thought it would sound like. And I don't even know like how to pinpoint it. Like, did I think it would be deeper or a little more gri- like grizzled, but he sounded different than the way my brain thought he would. He sounded like he was delivering a presentation in a boardroom, and that's not a bad thing, right? Like, he was very yeah. clear. He uh, delivered all of his lines very well. There were no flubs. Uh, but I, I'm with you. I was expecting something a little bit growlier. And um, and he got th- there in some moments near the end where he was talking yeah. about, like, AW, like, this is Wardlow's where, like, you could hear, like, the, you know, the err a little bit. So, mm-hmm. you know what? For his first promo, I'm going to give him thumbs up here. Because it is not easy to cut a promo that long, you know, especially like where was he getting his practice? Because he wasn't doing it on TV like, you know, so I, I good job there. And then um, two, like Warlow's world is such an awesome like like thing. Like, I hope that's like his thing going forward is you're all in Warlow's worlds like. I'm I'm all for some alliteration. Yeah, between that and Powerbomb Symphony, I think he's he's pretty golden for a while. Yeah, yeah. Well, brass. He won the brass ring. Um, 
But all right, guys, Joel, I, I, I feel we did pretty good on our time here. Um, you know, yeah, 40 I mean, minutes. Woefully insufficient coverage of the pay-per-view, but such is the nature of the pro wrestling machine. It moves on and so must we. <laughs> yeah, it also didn't help that like the show, the show got out so late that the, by the time we got back to my buddy's hotel, it was one o'clock and I had to be at the airport at 4 a.m. So like... Monday was a complete waste because I got back here and I literally like I was up for an hour and a half when I got back to my apartment. Then I slept Then I was up for an hour and a half and then I slept until the next day. And then Tuesday was just a haze because when you sleep that much, you just feel like crap. So there was there was no chance of the podcast happening on Monday or Tuesday. Sorry. T- petition to Tony Khan to put the pay-per-views back on Saturday. For and real. We, we, the Saturday pay-per-views yeah. were the best thing AEW had going in yeah. the early days of the company because it's like I can watch this I can enjoy it I can have a big old time and the entire time I'm watching this pay-per-view at no point am I thinking about I have to fucking go to work tomorrow yeah and at it, a certain it was either point on, it was either on uh, uh, Saturday nights or it was a Sunday with a Monday holiday afterwards yeah like it was either one and that was great so like the next one is Memorial Day weekend so like we won't have to work the next day that is acceptable Yes, that, acceptable, which I will be down in North Carolina. Watch out with you in, in person. Woo-woo. Can't wait. So, all right, guys, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Other Wrestling Show, Twitter at The Other Wrestling Show, Joel at The Other Joel, me at Michael underscore Aranda. You can get your podcast everywhere. Podcasts are available. Find us, The Other Wrestling Show. You can email us at show at gmail.com. And Joel, anything to say before I go to bed? It's a very conflicted time to join the Dark Order. Oh, the outro template's not working. Damn it. I'll fix that later. <laughs> God, that's horrifying. <laughs> like the oh Tim my Burton God. edition. <laughs> Are we in Halloween Town? Jesus Christ. I, I feel like we're in hell. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>